WXXI and the Little Theater. This is Movies in a Microphone, virtual edition. Today's episode, we're, we, we haven't done many episodes this past year, so we're going to be recapping 2020 movies, previewing what to watch in 2021, and, and pretty much everything in between. Uh, so today's guests are, if you're a fan of the podcast, you probably already know, they're, they're the gang. We got the gang back together. Um, our first guest, Adam Lubitow. Uh, writer, film critic for City News, uh, and the founder of the Anomaly Film Festival. Adam, how are you doing? I am so excited to be back recording this podcast. So I am pumped to dive into 2020 <laughs> in all its madness. The first person ever to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no one is pumped. We want to forget about it. But the movies, we are pumped about. I guess exactly. The, the movies. The, the experiencing it as an event no i'm done with that i'm glad we were past that but movies i will always be happy to talk about <laughs> all right and the second guest jackie mcgriff photographer filmmaker uh the founder director producer of the our voices project jackie welcome back thank you very very happy i'm not sure if i'm ready to dive into 2020 maybe just <laughs> kind of you know poke around a little bit kind of dip into yeah not like really dive but maybe dip in but yes, movies, movies, I'm ready to talk about that. I've needed to talk about movies for a while now. So I'm glad that we're finally back because movies are my self-care. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad to be back. Same. I just kept thinking the last time we had a podcast was February, 2020. I was mad because we had to move to a different studio. And I'm like, this is such a challenge and this is so hard. <laughs> and we were talking about what movies we're looking forward to seeing. And a lot of those movies still have not came out and so much has changed. And yeah, I, I need this too. In conclusion, uh, we all need this. <laughs> all right, so I, we're gonna dive in right with our defining movies of the year. Um, so ones that maybe are your favorite, maybe just stand out more, or ones that are truly 2020. Uh, it's, an, it's, it's a very vague, wide subject. Uh, who, who wants to tackle it first? Who, who do, I'm going to call an Adam. I'm going to call him Adam. <laughs> Looks like he's good to go. <laughs> I like that you pretended that you were going to wait for us to volunteer, and then you're like, nope, we're just going to make Adam go. I didn't know if there would be that silence where you were both like, I don't want to. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> like we're back in class and we try to avoid eye contact and hope you don't call on us. <laughs> it didn't work out for me. Um, I guess I'm going to cheat and make my defining film also my favorite film. Um, so I'm going to say uh, Driveways, uh, mm. which was my pick for the best film of 2020. And I feel like it was just... <clears throat> I, I kind of hate the phrase, like, the movie we need right now. I always feel like that gets tossed around. But it was the movie I felt like it was a comfort to me. It's such a sweet, it was gentle movie about, you know, human connection and kindness and empathy. And I feel like that was in short supply this past year. And so it was a one that just really resonated with me and stuck with me. And that's why it was my favorite film of the year. And I hope people continue to check it out. Uh, and so actually, before we get to your um, selections, Jackie, I think we should talk about Driveways for, for a second. This was a movie that, so we were playing it in the virtual little. We had a run um, in, uh, I think, late summer, early fall of 2020, and then brought it back um, right before Christmas. 
Um, and we're still playing it in the virtual little, so the little.org if you want to watch. And it was a movie that I was like, okay, it's Brian Dennehy's uh, final performance, or maybe that's debated, but one of his final films. Um, and then it, it was just, I was surprised by how good it was. It was, it really featured kindness, which I think was something we needed. And uh, I, it's always difficult to have a good performance from a child actor or to have that carry a movie because they're children, you know, they're acting. But Lucas J in that is just phenomenal. Uh, I still think one of the most wholesome scenes, and I tweeted this uh, in any film of the year, was when he was, uh, Lucas J's young character was inviting uh, Brian Dennehy to a pizza party at a, at a roller skating thing. And he, wrote, he hand wrote this little invitation with a little slice of pizza with roller skates on. And it was just the cutest thing when Brian Dennehy opens up his newspaper and there's this little invitation waiting. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Adam. That's one of the best uh, of the year. Uh, Check you, you saw Driveways too, right? And we're a fan. I did not, actually. Oh, I thought you said you did. I didn't mean to call you out. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> she's like i'll remember this <laughs> no ill will here seriously um yeah it's it's on my list of, of things to watch because i'd heard well i'd seen seen you talk about you both talk about it and i've seen a bunch of other critics critics talk about it as well so it's definitely on my list of things to see um and as i'm sure will be the recurring theme throughout this podcast is like I wanted to see so many, but of course, like it ended up just going on the list of like things I need to see and will eventually watch. Um, I haven't yet, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. I, I have such a long list of stuff. And even just Adam, just going through your city news best top 15 of the year, that's kind of where I got my basis of what I, what I want to watch. And I'm still, I think I'm only like halfway through that. Um, but, but that's a good starting point um, if, if anyone need, if anyone is overwhelmed. Uh, I think what, one thing we're trying to get across here is that, yeah, this year has been different. We have not, you, no one has been to movie theaters as much as, as we normally would, and that has sucked. But the movies themselves have still been very good. Um, and I, I think that's something that really is kind of getting lost in the shuffle. People are acting like there aren't good movies. But there are good movies. The I think a lot of the blockbusters got delayed, and that's where that perception is coming from. But documentaries, indie films, international films, like these, there's some great stuff this year. Um, and, and driveways is, is one of them. So again, the little dot org. I think we convinced you that, <laughs> <lot>, right? <laughs> uh, Jackie. So what are, what are your some, some of your defining movies here? Um, well, one for sure is One Night in Miami. Mm. Um. I, I think throughout the movie, I think it was crying. I think, it, I think it like first five minutes, I think was the only part where I wasn't like, there wasn't a tear in my eye because throughout that film, there's like so many moments, so many um, points that these men are making. So for those of you who don't know, so um, One Night in Miami, it is, I believe Regina King's second directorial debut um and uh first of all she did a fantastic job so it's the fictional kind of like or it's like the I guess the imagination of like um so Malcolm X um Jim Brown um uh, Sam Cooke and um Muhammad Ali all meeting uh for one night in Miami so that actually did happen um but what she did was um or her writer did um I believe it's Tim Cooper took 
basically imagined like the conversations that they each would have about their roles in the in the civil rights movement and um the it, 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 such an incredible job of really capturing each of their stories and like really pulling um from conversations and that I feel like I've also had just general conversations that I've also had with other African Americans I mean it is basically like a few of them like calling each other out and the conversations that they're having the, the dialogue was just so well written um to which point like I am like literally just crying because there's so many good points and it's heartbreaking and it's um and you know they they all love each other but at the same time like there's some very real things that they're that they're talking about and and challenging challenging each other on and like throughout it's it's funny it'll make you cry for sure um it's hopeful um each of i mean whoever did casting and again and that's always going to be one of my categories in the oscars that they absolutely need to add like Casting was so critical because uh, the, the man who plays Malcolm X and um, I mean, all of them did a fantastic job, but the standout for me was the actor who played Malcolm X and um, and Leslie Odom Jr. playing Sam Cooke. I thought that was perfection. Um, it was so well done. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a film, especially now. I mean, I don't just want to say because it's Black History Month, but like, it's a film that you just need to see regardless of what month of the year it is. Um, I really enjoyed that film. That's the defining defining movie for me for 2020. Are yeah. we gonna see some awards for it here? Um, yeah, so she, Regina King was nominated for Golden Globes, um, which is fantastic. And it's a long time coming. And um, if they hadn't, you would have heard about it or seen it on Twitter or Facebook, or anywhere um, where I'm talking about movies. Um, hopefully, hopefully, the Oscars also wises up and is like, yeah, it's well deserved. Because it, I don't, I don't understand how it doesn't get awards. If, like, I mean, like we say every year, you know, for, <laughs> for, for movies out there, especially directed by females. I, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't see her not winning. And of course, like, I, I still need to watch movies, but I don't know. One, one night in Miami, like that did it for me. I don't, I don't know if there's any other movie right now. And again, I haven't seen them all, but like, I don't know if there's another movie out there that I'm like, no, nah, this will top it. Like, yeah, it was so good. Absolutely watch it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was one of my honorable mentions for best of the year. And yeah. it's one that also stuck with me. And probably if I was making my list again, it probably would have been a little higher. Um, cause yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's just, it's a fantastic movie. Um, and I feel like uh, the, the writer, uh, Kemp Powers, uh, it's based Kemp on Powers, his yeah. I was like, I messed up her name. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I feel like it has such fascinating ideas. And for me, it took me a little while to get into it. Like, I felt like I was at a distance for a while, and it wasn't until those four men came together and actually got into, like, the meat of the story of them, like, uh, um, talking and kind of arguing and getting into their different methodologies about, you know, supporting 
furthering the civil rights movement, you know, furthering them as a group, the, you know, black people as a whole versus, mm -hmm. you know, their own personal success and like what that means to them. And there's right. such fascinating things that they dig into mm -hmm. um, that I loved. And I'm absolutely with you. Um, I was looking up the actor's name, uh, Kingsley Ben Benadir. Yes. Um, as Malcolm X, uh, Malcolm X, I thought was incredible. Um, who's a, a British actor, I believe. And oh, I thought so. he just did an amazing job, especially, you know, I mentioned in my review of it, when you have, um, you know, Denzel Washington's performance as Malcolm X is like the gold standard that people think of and him, right. you know, finding a way to make it his own and make, being, you know, just as good. I thought was was fantastic. I hope I hope he shows up in more things because yeah, I'm I'm with yeah. you. I was super impressed with him. Mm -hmm. It pains me. This is a movie that would have been screening at the little uh, had we been open, and now I, I feel it's harder to find these movies when they're I mean I, they're on popular streaming services, so people can find them. But it's it's still not it's not the same. Mm -hmm. no. Right. And I I feel like I we're gonna see the, once theaters are reopened. I feel like there's going to be, you know, 2020 series where theaters want to bring back the films that people yeah. would have seen in theaters all last year and never got a chance. Lighting which, down the idea. I know. <laughs> <laughs> which I hope because, yeah, there are a ton of movies that I watched at home. And I was like, I wish I could have seen this on mm -hmm. the big screen. So I will absolutely show up to any 2020. <laughs> I don't want to call it a retrospective because I feel like it's too soon to call it that, but a, a series of 2020 films that, that people missed. There are so many. I, I just, all the films that we would have showed this past year drives me crazy. We, of course, in 2019 did my passion project, which is, was the party like it's 1999 series. So it was 20 years from a lot of the popular 99 movies like The Matrix. And we were gonna do 2000 movies and we had the whole series planned out. I've been teasing people in the 99 series being like, stay tuned, we're gonna do something similar. <laughs> and then we never did it because we we had them all, we did have a bunch of stuff booked and like we had April was gonna be High Fidelity. In May, we had Almost Famous, we had Gladiator, Battle Royale. And then we just, they were booked and ready to go. And then the world changed. And, um, and so I guess what I'm saying before I get to make myself too sad is that I'm all aboard for showing the movies we missed. Uh, even movies that we were going to show here, we had the posters in the little, they were going to open in March and April. First Cow was one, which was the last movie I saw in a movie theater, uh, we, which was a screen, which was here at the little. Uh, well, I'm actually not at the little, but it, I have my digital background. Um, but the uh, we, we saw a screener thing. You, you were there too, Adam. And, that was in March. And yeah, we had posters for Promising Young Woman to open in April. And then I didn't see that till January. Um, and if you're wondering if that's my transition to one of my impactful <laughs> movies, it is. Uh, I, I had three that really stood out for me in terms of the defining 2020 movie. Um, and, and one was Promising Young Woman. Uh, one was Palm Springs, which I thought, I, I am a sucker for the Groundhog's Day formula. And the two leads, Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Milioti are both stars. I love them, they're so funny. So it was like really right up my alley. Um, and then the other film was Boys State, which was going to be the opening film of One Take Film Festival uh, 2020. It was gonna be our op opening night movie. Um, I, I thought that was perhaps my favorite film of the year. And you'll never see documentaries get nominated for best picture, which is a outrage and a shame because uh, so Boy State was Boy State is a program 
uh, in Texas. So these were young Republicans that were coming and doing, um, they're, they're basically like young politicians. So you, you're watching, you're watching it at the beginning and you're just horrified. Um, I think WTF would be the three letters that pop yep. in your mind and might censor yep. way to say it. And you're just like, this is horrifying, these children. But uh, something evolves and you, you find people to root for. Um, it's almost like a reality show where you're, you know, you have people that you're really passionate about. That's one of my line that it's actually in the trailer too that I like where one of the characters like, that's politics, I think. And it was just got that kind of like false confidence. And then they, I'm not sure about this, um, which so that movie's an Apple TV, but that was another one that we would have showed here a little and, and we just did not do. Uh, we, we were talking a little bit about Boy State before uh, before we started this too. I think you guys had some thoughts on it too, right, Jackie? I don't know if you want to jump in here. Yeah, I was fully. I had my two boys that I was rooting for <laughs> the entire time. Uh, Renee and Steven, I remember because I was yelling it at the TV screen, almost kind of like sports. That movies are really my sports. So so I'm like sitting there, and I'm like like at one point I think Renee had so there's one one um, um boy Renee and he I think was leaning more towards like kind of like liberal views and everything like that and and I was just like the the one there was one speech in particular that he gave I mean I almost stood up because I was like yes Renee you say it Renee like I was just like full on like yelling at my screen um totally invested uh because I was just like so proud of what he had to say because as you were saying, there were many moments where I was absolutely horrified. Like, this is what they, these are what some of these boys are thinking. Okay. Um, like it was just, but, but then like, there's like that little spring of hope. And then my boy, Steven, um, again, like you just, as soon as, as soon as you start watching, you immediately, like there are boys that you kind of like look out for and, and, and pick and really root for because they're really passionate about what it is that they're doing and some of them are just like there's this one character Steven who just has this heart like you know in politics he's like he's like acting as a human should with basically just like hearing people's sides and really just talking to people talking to his you know his fellow young politicians you know as I said but as like a human being treating them with respect and it was just so nice to see and it gives you hope for like this next generation coming up you know just how thoughtful he was and I was like oh if we all just acted like that I think we'd be a lot better off and again it's like one of those things oh I always feel like watching documentaries I always come away but like having learned something and so that's what I thought boys stated that would definitely be one for me as well a favorite um, from 2020, it was really good. Yeah, it made my best of the year list as well. Um, and I feel like as you watch, you know, these teenagers make this mock, you know, try to form this mock government, it's fascinating how quickly they fall into the patterns of what mm -hmm. we see playing out in the real government for better and for worse. Mm -hmm. You know, for the ones who are you know, kind of idealistic and want to move things forward and are more progressive versus the ones that are like, well, I'm going to manipulate the system because that's what works. Like you mm -hmm. look at the actual government and how things happen there. That's 
you know, that's what the grownups are doing. So, and that's how things get done or not done. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are like, well, I'm just going to replicate that because that's what politics is. And I, so I feel like the movie, like you, I think both of you touched on, it leaves you horrified, but also a little hopeful about the future that there are still people out there that, that want to make things better for everyone. And you see them try and that in and of itself is really, really powerful. And I feel like that's that, that line um, is, is what makes that film so great. So, yeah, yeah, I just keep thinking of the beginning where they just really, they're tired, think of the kids and I, I, they're just like, we need more guns. We can't let them take our guns away. And they're like, I was like, this is young guy. like no, we don't, no one needs more guns. Why? But then it's like Texans, that's, that's like, yeah, that's what Texans think. Like the Republicans, that's what they, that's their whole like platform being awful and, and supporting and wanting more guns and um, so you're horrified, and then you, I, I, that's why I was so surprised. I, I think I rooted for the same the same one, Stephen Renee uh, as well, Jackie, um, oh, and yeah. because they're they're likable, and you're not expecting it, and they're and you really feel for them, and they're affable, and they're smart, and they're likable, and it, it, which is kind of a surprise. It just it was the whole gambit of emotions. I was just like, this is a good movie, and I know opening night of our film festival, it would have been amazing. Such a, it's it's a big regret. I'm I'm angry about it. So when we do the uh, the 2020 retrospective, we'll oh, hopefully be in there. Yeah. <laughs> Wistful sigh. Deep sighs. <laughs> so I, I have another impactful movie that I, I don't want to like hog the spotlight though. Do you want to jump in with another movie, or do you want me to? Uh, Oh, I was just going to, I realized you talked about two films and I was just going to quickly jump in and say Palm Springs was also great. Um, <laughs> and I'm so glad that it's stuck around as long as it has, that it, it also got a couple of Golden Globe nominations that just came out uh, earlier this week. Um, so I hope, I hope it gets attention since I feel like awards time, comedies always get overlooked. And so I'm hoping that's a sign that that one will not be because yeah, that's also one that that stuck with me. And Andy Samberg is great. And I feel bad. His co-star, who is equally great, and I'm drawing a blank on her name. Kristen Milioti? Yes. Because um, I think he got nominated and she didn't, which I was like, oh, if you're going to nominate him, you've got to nominate her. Because there's such, there's such mm -hmm. a team in that movie. Um, yeah, Palm Springs is great. And I feel like especially this year, it it had a weird resonance you know, the Groundhog Day premise of days repeating had, yeah, some some resonance with what we were all experiencing through quarantine. I was like, I relate to feeling stuck and trapped and all the days are blending together and seeming the same. And so for a silly comedy, it, it had some deeper stuff going on. So it's good. That's what I wanted to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, it was just funny, and I—that's always what. As as listeners of the podcast know, I like the. I have long time advocated that the Oscar should have a best comedy section, and I think Palm Springs is was my best comedy pick here. Um, it's close, I spontaneous, um, which is a movie I hadn't even heard of until your list, Adam. Or I think I kind of like I, I saw it in Letterbox, but it's really on my much list. About it. That's on my um, list. 
which is about a children who explode. <laughs> but it's a really sweet, a really sweet teen comedy too. It's funny and emotional. Uh, so I had that, and I had Saint Francis, which was one of the first films we had in the virtual uh, little it's through oscilloscope, um, which is just a really sweet story about a a woman probably like my age, thirties, who um, is still trying to figure things out, and she takes a babysitting job for this young girl, and it's just. It's kind of a similar dynamic to driveways, the young child and the and the adult, although it's not the same because it's like someone, it's not it's like Brian Dennehy or anything like that. But again, with a child actor who really stands out and that was a sweet, funny movie uh, that I liked. Um, but I think Palm Springs beats them both for the, for the best comedy <laughs> Oscar. Do you guys have any other movies that were overlooked or other ones that you think should get a war? Like Jackie, you mentioned the best ensemble. Um, I feel there's some, we've, we've talked about here before about stunts, like any, any 2020 yeah. that you think should, there should be some sort of award just so we can give them something, give them the praise they deserve. I don't, um, I mean, okay. So the last, the last movie I saw in theaters before um, quarantine was um, The Invisible Man. And I just feel like Elizabeth Moss, just give her all the awards all the time because it's like any time that she's on the screen like we could also just do a whole podcast about people that you'll just go watch the film because they're in it um elizabeth moss is one for me because she always is just so her her performances are always so stunning um and it was like it's it's a full-on thriller and like I was just like totally immersed in it. Like, I don't know what award I would give it, but like, I don't know, best movie to, best last movie to see before quarantine. I don't know. But like, um, <laughs> because I was like, because I had seen other people who were talking about the films that they had seen right before and they were not so great. And I was like, well, I'm glad I got to see Invisible Man. Um, but yeah, like it's this, it's this thriller. I thought it was done well. Um, Elizabeth Moss, again, her performance, was absolutely amazing um and storm reed i thought also did a great job too storm reed's in it um and yeah if that was it was just a fun film i don't know what again i don't know what award i would give it but i was it was one that i liked and it's probably because it was it was the last movie i'd seen i i still like remember it so well um so there's that one um i'd also talked a little bit before we we started um, about uh, River City Drumbeat. So that was also at the little theater, well, virtual. Um, and uh, that for me was a film that I was just like, we really need more of this. So River City Drumbeat, and I forget where it's based, the, where, the, where, it, where the city, like the city where it's set. But um, it was a documentary and it was basically covering this program that had been going on for years and years and years. Um, with kids predominantly, predominantly black school, um, but it was um, a program in which they would teach kids how to, um, how to drum. They would give them lessons. And then through that, there was mentorship going on. They were also talking about like, um, basically because of the, this mentorship, you know, how many kids were going on to do big, bigger and better things um, in college or with their career, like after high school. And it was just, it, it was amazing. You saw, I mean, you would root for them as well. Louisville, thank you. Because um, <laughs> I couldn't remember the city. I was like, yeah. So um, 
It was, it was amazing to see like the drum battles that were happening too. Like it was, that was just awesome. The drum line. Um, but then like the, the, you just like saw how, how impactful it was for the kids, you know, how much it meant to them. There would be kids who would graduate and go off to college and then come back, come back to talk to the kids as well. It was just like this, like sort of not just like a mentorship program, but like it almost like looked like family. Like these, these people with really bonded with each other and it was just a great thing to see. And it's one of those things too, that I'm like, I wish I had the money to be able to give to this so that we can like set up satellite programs all over the US because this is something we absolutely need. Cause you're not only, you're not only learning, um, you know, how to play the drums, you're not only learning an instrument, which by the way, actually helps with retention. Um, you know, when you're learning and everything is why I was a band kid. Um, but so that's why I also appreciate that. But at the same time, like you're, you're forming those connections and you're form, forming those bonds that really have really like stick with you um, and, you know, and encourage you to have someone to encourage you, you know, to, to, to do better, to, you know, to be better and to go after, you know, dreams and everything. It was just awesome to see. And I feel like if you, if you have the opportunity to see River City Drumbeat, absolutely see it. But I just, I just loved that. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend that one. Um, and that was a favorite of mine for 2020. I like there was a lot of contrast in those picks. You had because the Invisible Man had a lot of 2020 themes, which are themes that make you angry, like yes. gaslighting and and not believing women. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, it's not as bleak as it sounds. Like although there's certainly some bleak parts, and then I, I love that movie. But then you have River River City Drumby, which is yeah. a documentary, completely different. But it is more uplifting and it's it brings awareness on important programs and and like what you said heck it's like why is this not something that this is something that everyone should know about it should yeah. be more widespread um so i just thought the uh the the contrast there was was between those two movies was, was interesting uh both good movies <laughs> i'm yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, this is so difficult. There were so many movies that I want to talk about. And you're talking to the person who every year when I make a best of the year list, I never limit it to a top 10. I make a top 15. And then I always have at least another 15 honorable mentions. So just picking out a few is like impossible. Um, I'm just going to toss out uh, The Assistant. <gasps> I think oh. it's great. Oh my god! Um, that was one that was actually able to play at the little briefly yes, towards the beginning of the year. Um, that's about uh, it stars Julia Garner, um, who's incredible. Um, yes. As an assistant uh, working in New York City, uh, in the offices of kind of a Harvey Weinstein esque uh, movie producer, and it just follows her throughout the day and her increasing awareness of kind of what's going on behind the scenes and it just watches her as she kind of decides what she's going to do if she's able to do anything and as she's just carrying out like the daily tasks of you know cleaning up the office making copies scheduling his appointments and I feel like for such a quiet role mm -hmm. Julia Garner that perform I think that might be my favorite performance of the year. Just the more 
I saw it two times and the more I was watching it again and the more I think about it, just how complex that performance was because I mean, for so much of it, she's she doesn't say anything. And yeah. yet there is not a moment in that movie where you can't tell exactly what she is thinking. And I think that is just so impressive to watch and you feel such empathy for her mm-hmm. and uh, just, it's it's so good and i, I uh, yeah and more everyone needs to watch that because it's it's just fantastic um oh god um baccarat um was great um a film that uh we played an anomaly last year um so if anyone who came to anomaly got to see it in person um but it got a release um towards the beginning of the pandemic this year so it was one of the first if not the first it was the first one went to to virtual cinemas Mm -hmm. um which on one hand is great because i feel like more people saw that movie than might have just a normal release that might have flown under the radar and because it was one of those Mm -hmm. first titles that i feel like it got a lot more attention and it deserved it um it's a brazilian film um about this kind of close-knit community and there, strange things happen. And I feel like that's what a film that the less you know about it, the better. So I don't want to say too much, but it's about, you know, it's, they become aware that something sinister is going on as, you know, their communication to the outside world is cut and roads are closed and it their town suddenly doesn't appear on any maps for some reason mm-hmm. and slowly as they figure out what's going on and why these things are happening it it's such a melding of different genres because it kind of starts out as just this drama about this this town and the relationships between the people but then it becomes kind of science fiction and a spaghetti western and a horror movie at times it's just unlike anything i had seen before and it's so good and i'm I'm, I'm glad that that more people got to see it and i hope it continues to get that kind of attention because it's it's just phenomenal yeah it, it was a hit in our virtual little and it was it was the very first film to to make that switch to virtual cinema and the little was one of the first um i forget the exact number but some, it was a small number like 11 theaters in the entire country that were the first to join this background and, and be in, in a virtual cinema um which the little was even mentioned in uh, new york times because because we were one of the early adapters of this. And I'm with you, yeah, exactly. Woohoo is, is welcome there. Um, yeah, but I, it was a movie that actually, um, I, I had a, a pass to Anomaly, but it, it was one, it, w- it played on a Saturday and I was seeing like four movies. So I'm like, I gotta take one in the afternoon off. And I took that one off. And then afterward, I I saw people tweeting about it and it was one I was like, oh, this sounds like one I would really like. Um, people compared it to a certain short story um, that probably a lot of people may have read in school. I know I did that I, I won't mention because it'll kind of give away some elements of what, what it surprises. And I agree with you, Adam, that it's best not knowing where this weirdness is going. Um, but it intrigued me. So I was very glad to be able to go back and, and watch it virtually. Um, it's, sometimes it's hard to think of what movies are technically, I always think of that as a 2019 one because it played at Anomaly, but I'm like, oh yeah. Um, uh, same with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I think we talked about back at the last Oscars podcast, but technically came out in the little in, in March, 
So I guess that's kind of a 2020 film too, although I kind of think of it as a 2019 movie, but uh, a lot of good stuff. And all these stuff is available to stream now, which is nice, um, but we want to watch them on the big screen. I feel like film releases are always kind of weird in that you there's that that rollout that happens for films that where they open you know like new york city and and los angeles to get like awards qualifying runs but they don't open you know most cities until until later and then as a critic it's always difficult because i usually you know for the awards voting get to see those movies and so like i have to decide whether they count as the previous year or the next year like portrait of a late empire i counted i it was my best of the film best film of the year uh for 2019 um because i had seen it months ahead of time and that's kind of where it got it qualified for the oscars last year um and i feel like this year is even worse with the way the the awards season has gotten extended um, because you know the Oscars aren't happening until the end of April, and so there are things that it still haven't opened that are technically 2020 films. That I feel like I might as well mention a couple. There's like Minari that people haven't seen yet because it doesn't open until you know I think a couple of weeks still. Um, Nomadland. I hear Adam real quickly. I don't want to interrupt. Oh no, go ahead. Minari is going to be a virtual cinema pick including at the virtual little so it's uh february 12th is the date so i don't i don't know when we'll be releasing this but that's that's a friday and tickets should be on sale by the time by the time we do release this to buy it in virtual um although i'll preface it that you should really read the instructions for this virtual it's a little different from our other um virtual offerings um so please read the instructions before you email me <laughs> being confused of how to watch this movie um but Minari is one I'm excited for. Um, it's just like an ultimate American story that I, I think, um, I don't know, I, I just, it's one I've, it's been on my radar. So interruption over, <laughs> back, no, to, you, back to you, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's, Minari is great. Um, I'm excited for people to, to catch it. Um, that and uh, Nomadland is the other one that um, was on my list for, for 2020, but it won't open for at least another couple of weeks. Um, uh, Chloe Zhao's uh, third film, a filmmaker who I've come to really love. Um, she directed a film called The Rider a couple years back, which was great, um, about uh, a rodeo cowboy um, trying to figure out what he's going to do now that he's, he's gotten an injury and is no longer able to ride and kind of what that means for the thing he's built his entire life around and where he goes from here. Um, and so this one is the stars Francis McDormand as uh, a woman who's kind of lost everything and decides to pack up her life in a van and head out on the open road and make a life for herself that way. And it's just, it's just a beautiful film. And Frances McDormand is always great, but she, this might be one of her best performances. I just love it so much. And yeah, I've been, again, most people haven't seen it yet. Um, so I'm excited for, for that to actually be widely available. Um, and keep an eye on Chloe Zhao, who I feel like is about to blow up between Nomadland, which I feel like absolutely is going to be a major awards contender, but is also her film after that is a Marvel movie. Um, she's directed 
the Eternals, which was supposed mm. to come out this past November, but with all the blockbusters being pushed, I think is now scheduled for the end of, of this coming year. Um, but I love the fact that she she's been directing these tiny independent films and then has been handed this giant canvas of a Marvel film. And I'm so excited to see what she does with that. Aren't those the best um, Marvel films? Like when Taika Waititi did Thor mm. Ragnarok and when you have like the, the directors that are a little more used to doing creative, innovative, uh, independent art house films and then and then do their are given liberty to do give their uh, own spin to these Marvel movies. I, I feel that's when you really get some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that I feel like 2020 gave us this weird picture of like, these people are worried like the future of movie theaters, and I feel like we got kind of a glimpse of what that's like, and I feel like we keep saying that there were so many movies that came out that we never got to see or went under our radar, or we never heard about, and I feel like that was partially because we didn't have theaters to kind of centralize focus like when things come out people see it and if something you know if people take to it that that starts a conversation about that film and more people go to see it and it kind of focuses attention on things and I feel like without that things just kind of got released and then got lost in this wave of content that kept coming mm -hmm. because and I think all of us have said that, you know, people are saying that like there weren't any movies in 2020, but really there were so many, there were so many. that you just, a lot of people didn't hear about most of them, which is such a bummer. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, and that's what kind of what makes me confident that movie theaters are going to come back in a strong way, because I feel mm -hmm. like it's, it's a necessary part of that landscape. Anyway. Preach at him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We yeah, are here no, with you. <laughs> mostly I'm just saying, I really miss movie theaters. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can continue as, as after my little diatribe. No, that was that was I think I think we all agree with that. Um yeah. I was just gonna ask Jackie what her what movies she's looking forward to in this coming year and seeing in a movie theater too, which I mean we'll we'll be able to see movies in theaters this year. Oh, I mean oh. I guess you kinda but uh, but in terms of us at the little, we're closed at the moment. But not not forever. <laughs> It'll be back. Still hope. Um, okay. So what I think just released today, um, Malcolm and Marie. Um, really looking forward to that one on Netflix. Um, and every time I see the trailer, I just have to stop and watch because it's Zendaya and um, John David Washington both amazing people, both amazing actors. And I'm just like, yes. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, Cherry by the Russo brothers and um, the, uh, and Tom Holland um, starring. Very look, I'm looking forward to seeing his performance because up until this point, I've only seen him as Spider-Man. So it'll be nice to see him in a more dramatic kind of like troubled role. Um, he is, so he was in the so this character and it's actually based on a real person um was um in the military and then he comes back and um it's all in the trailer so i'm not spoiling anything of course how could i spoil anything because i haven't seen it it hasn't come out yet um but like uh so he comes back from the military and basically just like a string of things happen after that and he's also dealing with ptsd um and because of that 
kind of spirals downwards and starts and then starts robbing banks. Um, and I'm just really interested in seeing his this this more serious role um, with Tom Holland. So it, that'll be interesting. Well, it's um, kind of the reverse of what we were saying before, where it was yeah. an indie filmmaker going to Marvel. It's the Marvel right. going going to going small into indie. Yeah, and the Russo brothers as well. Like both, yeah. like you know, both Tom Holland and the directors, like going from this massive this massive franchise to now like this more independent movie. Which so that'll be interesting to see. Um, the United States versus Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really want to see that. Um, I was actually getting ready to like do a, um, um, what is it? Like a photography project um, that related to Billie Holiday. And then I heard that the movie was coming out. I was like, oh, that's perfect timing. Um, so it was a, yeah, a photo shoot inspired by Billie Holiday. So, uh, and like, Again, it just looks amazing and I cannot wait to see it and just to learn more about Billie Holiday um, and basically like her wanting to do more for the movement and coming out with Strange Fruit. Um, that'll be a very interesting um, telling. Um, and I feel it's also very relevant. Um, more fun movie, No Time to Die because it's James Bond and whenever it comes out, I will be watching. Um, and Anna de Armas is in it. Um, yes, which and I feel like, like we don't talk about her enough because <laughs> she's also amazing. Um, loved her and Knives Out, and can't wait to see more. And, and she was also in Blade Runner, but I feel like I don't know. So she was just there. There wasn't really there was there was more of her like acting, you know, with um, Knives Out and stuff. And so I really loved her character and. Can't wait to see more of her. Um, and then Judas and the Black Messiah coming out next week. And I've just been, ever since I heard, ever since it was announced that there's going to be a movie made about Fred Hampton, um, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then they casted Daniel Kaluuya and I'm just like, that's it. I'm going. It's done. Like, this movie had better be amazing. Um, and he's, he's so good. That's he's so I've, so good I, I've had a chance to see that one and yeah it's it's great it is uh, it is a tough watch it is a, oh, a yeah. punch of a oh, movie yeah but I'm sure I mean if you know Fred so Hampton's good. story like yeah. yeah it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to watch but I'm looking forward to it yeah oh. him and uh Lakeith Stanfield are just yes. fantastic in it he's doing amazing things like oh that was a trailer that gave me chills the first time. I was like, oh man, I have to see that. When he first introduces himself, I'm like, yep, I'm in. Like, we're good. I'm good to go. I mean, Daniel Kluwa, his his career has been, obviously, he took off with, with Get Out, but ever yeah. since that, like his role in Widows, like how did he not get a supporting mm-hmm. actor nomination in Widows? Like that, he was mm-hmm. just terrifying and, and brilliant. And it's, it's it, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm thinking he'll get some award recognition uh, for Judas and he the better. Yeah. He had better. Yeah. Um, and let's see, other things I'm looking forward to because I had a whole list here. Um, not quite 15 um, movies, but getting there. I'm slowly getting there. Slowly getting there. Um, Moxie. So it's a movie on Netflix. Oh, I just saw the trailer um, for that. Yeah. Uh, that looks interesting to me. It's starring Amy Poehler. Um, and it's about, um, so basically, so Amy Poehler's character, she plays a mother, um, who was 
basically telling her daughter it's in the trailer she's telling her daughter about you know um like you know find something you know that you're really passionate about and she's she's basically talking about like how when she was a child she you know would be protesting and everything and and uh, you know for women's rights and all of these stuff and so like her daughter then gets the motivation to she's noticing things of how like the boys are treating the girls at their high school and she kind of like starts this movement um in a high school which is which i mean again very relevant um and it's just also very interesting to see and i i'm always happy to see amy poehler um and what she does i'm playing like a more kind of serious it's, it's kind of got like it's got a mix of like comedy and, and and drama and everything um or at least that's what it looks like to me but that looks i mean that looks like it's gonna be awesome um that'll be fun and of course minari if it's steven yun i'm going to watch um so that yeah nomad land i would love to see the um i think this movie has been out but i don't know where the vast of night i want oh to yeah a list of things to watch um yeah, so that's on, yeah that's on amazon prime it's on amazon prime yeah and it's good <laughs> yeah it has a science fiction feel kind of like mixed between maybe Super 8 and Stranger Things, sort of. That, that's at least the vibe that it gives to me. I don't know. So. That was the vibe I got. I haven't seen it, yeah. but that was the vibe I got. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, so those are the movies that I, I'm looking forward to. So many good ones. Yeah, I had a lot of mine are um, are movies that we, like, we talked about the last podcast that we're going to, like the James Bond film, yes. uh, A Quiet Place 2. I, I just oh, forgot. No for the first time since it was in theaters. And I'm like, I'm like, man, John Krasinski, this really, movie, you did a really good job directing this. This is really... Yeah! Then they get on with good actors. The, the children, the child actors are, are yes. good, not as young. But, um, and of course, Emily Blunt is a powerhouse in it. And just um, sometimes you got to be careful with those stories. And I always... A Quiet Place reminds me of um, Bird Box, which I had read the book mm-hmm. long before the Netflix movie came out. Um, and this summer, a Bird Box sequel came out. And, and with sequels to these stories, you're like, how is it going to work? And I thought he, um, Josh Mallerman, who's the author of Bird Box, um, really nailed the sequel. So that's why I'm like, I hope they can do the same with this. And, and the trailer, I think, starts off with a scene that looks like it's right when this whole um, whatever's happening mm-hmm. and right. when that's beginning, where these creatures are showing up. And it looks like maybe a, a one take shot of like a car chase of them yeah. with the creatures. Which I was like, man, that, that gets my attention right there. I don't know where the rest of the story is going to go, but I think maybe Gary Old is Gary Oldman in it, or is it a, 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 maybe a similar actor? Maybe not Gary Oldman, but I, I'm very intrigued by that. Adam's shaking his head. He's like, no, no, no. I just I can't remember who else oh. is in it. I don't think it is. Gary it's someone older. It's. I remember saying he's in this, but um, I'm look it up now. It gives a Gary Oldman no i mean killian is it killian or cillian murphy killian? I think it's killian okay someone said cillian murphy and it threw me off because i was like i definitely think it's killian murphy but okay um anyway so yeah so he's he's in it i think that's the trailer and i was like wait he's in it okay like but i mean i was i was on board regardless so that's- is that the star of red eye killian murphy <laughs> I like Are we going to get zombies too because 28 days? Yeah, um, or Scarecrow. 
He's in a Batman. I know. He, yeah. He's in, he's in Dark Knight Rises, too. He's got a very small role in that. Yeah. But it's just always fun to see him in those, like, when those, yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy. I'd always just love it. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I want to watch Red Eye. I love that movie. I feel, I like, it's so, I feel like it's such an underrated movie. Um, I think that's one thing of movies I'm looking forward to. I think I want to revisit, like, older movies that I haven't seen in a while. I, I just there's so many I, i'm reading a, a book right now from um lindy west who was a, a film critic in seattle and her her movie reviews are where she um kind of has some fun with a lot of 90s movies and she'll point out all the plot holes and it's very, done in a very like joking manner and her writing so funny and terrific so i was reading that i just read like a chapter on uh the first chapter is on the fugitive um, and it's titled Why the Fugitive is the Greatest Movie of All Time. And he just points out all the weird like plot holes and like logic flaws in these movies, which makes me want to rewatch them. So they're all yeah. like nice. Um, and I, my dream uh, scenario at the little, um, no one steal this idea if you want to do it, was to have um, a mystery science theater like um, screening of Twister where meter, meter yes. will come and point all the flaws of Twister because obviously oh I, I watch it much with, with a meteorologist. Did you know? Did you know that that's what my, I'm sorry. Oh no. Oh yeah. I did know that. Wait, go yeah. ahead. That's a good story. Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I got my degree. I have a degree in meteorology. No lie, went to school for four years, graduated with a bachelor's degree in meteorology, and I'm not using it today. <laughs> you could use it on a Twister panel. It was meant to be. did a paper in college on Twister. It was for my oceanography class. That's see, that should have been that should have been the 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 nail in the coffin right there. Like Jackie, you talk about movies all the time. Maybe I don't know, quit college and just start making movies. Because I did one because I did. Yeah, I did one on Twister. I did one on the day after tomorrow um, and how inaccurate that whole movie is. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I did one on Twister because there was like that that whole research and everything in the movie was based on a real on a real simulation that they were trying to do and, and it failed. Um, but like, yeah, so I did a I did a whole paper on Twister. I got I think I got an A. So, yeah, boom. I mean, how could you not give that nay? I would, I would invite the professor on this podcast to yell at that. I think professor. I still have Did it somewhere. Know? I think I still have that paper somewhere because I was just so proud. Like, <laughs> we're doing a Twister podcast. It's settled. Yeah, we got cows like that. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, so the reason crazy. I wanted to do Mystery Science Theater, I, I thought it'd be really funny to watch the movie, but the, the, the reason we haven't done it is because it actually is very hard from a projection standpoint to do the audio because you have to, like, you, when someone's. Oh no. God's frozen. Stuck. <laughs> oh, I heard you for a second. Yeah. You had frozen. Oh, I'm at. I, I forgot to preface to. Our... Oh, no. Breaking up. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you back? You're moving. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, I can hear you guys fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah. Just like a little. Okay. <laughs> oh, can you can you not hear us? 
Oh. Okay. Yeah, Scott, we we see you typing. It looks like. Oh wait, am I back now? Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing in my feed changed. So I I talked. I give I gave a very inspiring speech, and then you guys are like, "What?" Yeah. (laughs) I know it was pretty. (laughs) Anyway, yes, Twister. Am I back now, or can you still not? Okay. No, no, you're back. Yeah, you're back. Yeah, I, all I was saying was the um, yeah that we have to do a Twister podcast. <laughs> we do absolutely. Oh, I, I did mention that I forgot to preface that my internet's very bad too. I was going to okay. mention that in case it happened, and then it did happen. <laughs> You'd been doing so well up until that <laughs> moment. It was holding in there, and then. But the, the frustrating thing is you guys look the same. So I'm talking and I just don't realize it's frozen until I'm done talking and, and you guys are like, what? I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, I had a question for the two of you. Um, do you, because of everything that's happened in, in 2020, um, you know, with COVID-19 and everything, do you think we're going to see in the coming years, like more kind of quarantine themed movies like I know there's a couple that I think are already out yeah but do you think like in these coming years you're going to see more I I think we will and I don't want them I exactly (laughs) I feel the same way I feel like that I feel like people are absolutely going to try to make movies around that but I I'm with you I don't I don't really want to see them like I lived through it I am done with quarantine right I don't want to relive it through the movies. Um, but I absolutely think we'll see a bunch of movies try to try to cover it. And do, and do you think related. like, yeah, do you think there'll be like documentaries or like people are going to try like a Zoom narrative, like a, like a movie happens through Zoom, kind of like how we got, how, like how we got like an entire movie uh, with Colin Farrell in a phone booth or... Um, <laughs> With um, oh my gosh, why am how am I blanking on his name? Um, we got an entire movie in a car. Lock. Oh my god. Which is incredible. I love. Yes, it's an actually, I love both movie. of those movies. Well, they're great. Yeah, they're absolutely great. But I also feel like someone would have been like, okay, so we're gonna make an entire movie on Zoom. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need any more Zoom. Oh, and Ryan. Yes. Ryan- yes. Yeah. yeah. So. There have been a couple, at least, I think a couple of people have done Zoom movies. I know at least there was uh, a film called, a horror movie called Host that mm. was entirely done on Zoom during quarantine and already got a release on Shutter, which I haven't, I haven't had a chance to see, but I've heard is actually pretty great. Um, it's about a group of friends that try to do a seance through Zoom oh. and things don't go well, but I've heard it's great and it's, yeah, it's entirely done on Zoom. Um, I was just looking up Rob, Rob Savage is the director of that and yeah it was put together during quarantine shot and and released all last year so wow. it's it's one that's been on my list to check out hmm. but yeah I hope we don't see a ton of those movies like I'm yeah. tired of Zoom <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm okay with documentaries if 
if there's some documentaries on it, I, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, I got a little taste of it when um, we had a Zoom meeting and one of my coworkers had a knock at the door and they're like, I'm not expecting anyone. So they went off camera to get it. And I was like, ooh, is this gonna be some- <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the male, it was the male person. It was a package. <laughs> Spoiler. Anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, um, I don't need fiction movies about it. I know there's a bunch. There's one like about where the plague like evolves and is worse. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Oh, no yeah. Let's not. Because they're always talking about like additional strands or like there's a strand from South Africa that's supposed to be, which I feel like is always a narrative. Every time something comes from Africa, it's always more severe. Anyway, but that's a whole other podcast talk um, and a different kind of podcast talk. <laughs> um, but like... Yeah, so I'm like, no, it get, becoming worse. I don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. Let's not have it. I'm good. No, I don't need a love story about it about people via ah, Zoom and falling in love and they can't kiss. Like, no, 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 I don't want it. First of all, we had pushing daisies. I was there. just thank you, Jackie. <laughs> just, just about to say we already have pushing daisies. We don't. Yeah. Need yes. Lee Pace and all of his amazing. <laughs> um, yes. So, right. I love pushing. I want to rewatch that and talk about that on the podcast. I have a whole bunch of new ideas. I feel like it just ended up on some streaming service because people on my feed have been talking about it again. I don't know which one, but it's available somewhere right now. If you don't own it to stream, this yes. is not a, this is not a or, good I don't or if you're in the Rochester movie. area, I have the DVDs. You can. That's true. I also have the DVDs. So yeah, yes. Jackie and I are available for for pushing Daisy's <laughs> rental purposes. Yes. It ends on a cliffhanger, though, and it's. Still- I know, because <laughs> they had canceled it, and I was like, "No, this like ended, like, like ended nicely." I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Some days. Like right? one of those, like Firefly. It's just like one of those that you know, like ended, and you're like, "I wanted more. I needed more." Yeah. Well, well, Firefly like, got Serenity. I was okay. just gonna say, like Firefly. Hopefully, Brian Fuller will come back and and make a movie to to wrap things up i'd be on board with that yeah. Brian fuller if you're listening <laughs> all right we, we got to the the tangent uh one yes. love. but there was before we do go i do i do want to talk about promising young woman so i yeah. feel this is a movie that was really stood out to me quite a bit it was one i wanted to see like i said we were going to get it in april at the little and then i didn't see it until january this year because it just never came out and then it just came out in theaters and I, I didn't see it till it came out on demand um but this you guys want to lead off with your with your thoughts on this i think at some point i want to get into a little spoilers but do you have any non-spoiler stuff you want to mention about this movie before we do that uh, <laughs> like, i don't know what to say it, it's hard about spoil because i i think the reason i did that is when i i didn't know much about it going in which was good and when you watch the trailer, you don't know what's happening. You kind of know the basic premise. Uh, well, actually, I, we might not even know the premise either because the very first scene is kind of the first scene in the trailer where mm-hmm. uh, Carrie Mulligan's character, she's like, appears to be drunk, like way too drunk, maybe drugged at a bar. And this nice guy comes, it's Adam Brody, um, who comes up and he's like, let me help you out. And of course, you're like, oh my God, this is guy's creep. And he, and he takes her home and is you know being being awful and then she's like stop it like drunk and then she 
she's like, I said, stop. And you can tell she's sober. Um, but from the trailer, you're like, I didn't know where that went. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think they kind of allude to in, in the very first scene because then she's coming back and, and there's like red dripping down. And you're like, oh God, that's blood. But it's like a jelly donut or something or a, a sandwich. I forget which one. Maybe, or it might be a hot dog. And I think it's a hot dog, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you didn't even know, like, I'm like, is she killing these guys? Is it that type of revenge movie? Like, I didn't know what, what the right. ride would be. Um, and it was so much more. And I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know it'd be that. It was, it's funny at, at points. It, mm-hmm. it kind of takes on a rom-com with, with Bo Burnham's character. Yeah. Um, if we spoil it, we, we would say maybe that's not the rom-com ending that is. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. Uh, yeah. So, okay, we'll, we'll do just kind of, uh, this will be our spoiler warning for Promising Young Woman. I won't completely spoil it, but I, I think I read something interesting, which I think is not anything I would want to know ahead of time. Um, and it was a theory that maybe this movie was reverse engineered from, you see a lot of bachelor party movies where, um, oh no, they, they killed the stripper. Oh no. And they're the heroes and it's following them and their shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and someone kind of theorized that this was reverse engineered from that of what if the, what if the woman, the, the sex worker or the, the woman who's just basically like a plot point that it's her story. So it kind of reverses engineering it from, from that, which I thought was was very interesting. Um, and Carrie Mulligan's a complete powerhouse in this. Yeah, yeah she's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's such, the, that film is such a fascinating mix of tones mm-hmm. that I thought um, the director, uh, Emerald Fennel, I thought she pulled off really well. I know mm-hmm. reactions I've seen in my feed have been all over the place how people feel about that movie and i've i've loved seeing people talk about it and kind of dissect their feelings about it and what it's trying to say and how it says it um i thought it was great it was on it was on my best of the year list for city um and i think it's a film that lends itself to those kind of discussions because there's so much to dig into and yeah, so I, I've just loved seeing the wide spectrum of, of how people have responded to it. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, uh, oh my God, Carrie Mulligan is is going to end up, you know, also getting some awards attention, which is wildly deserved because she's, she's yeah. great. Absolutely. And I hadn't heard that theory about it being reverse engineered from like a, a very bad things kind of movie. Right. But I could see I that. Thought- that totally makes sense. And I also like that you said very bad things instead of like, what's the other ones? The, like the kind of like the other ones that came after it that have been trying to what is it the the one with it, it's it's the Hangover yeah like because oh, yeah because yeah, a lot of people like will would refer to the Hangover rather than very bad things is like nope very bad things is that's where it's taking it from like that's the original right there um yeah like. For me, this movie, and I didn't really see the, any of the conversations that people were having online, um, but that because I but I kept seeing that you know people were saying it was it's getting mixed reviews, um, and based on the conversations that people were having about it. But I just remember being, and this is when I did go see it in the theater again. It was kind of like a private screening because no one else was there, and I was like, that's fine. Um, and so I'm watching it, and that ending. I just remember kind of sitting there almost like 
and I could probably make a whole list of movies that have done this to me, but where I'm kind of sitting there frozen after the credits, um, like what that just, that just happened. Um, like, and really just kind of like letting the, the movie marinate, but I haven't, like, I haven't moved from my seat because it just leaves you, it at least left me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking about like how clever this um, character was and Carrie, of course, like blows it out of the park. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys noticed this, I'm starting to notice this more too in movies, but like how colorful it was for like such yeah. a kind of dark subject matter. Just like, I, I noticed how like vibrant the colors were in this. And I was just like, okay, okay. So what was the purpose of that? I just thought that was a very weird feeling. Almost like kind of what you were saying, Adam, before like the, the, the tone is like, kind of like not all over the place, but it's, it's a wide variety. And so I like, there are certain moments in the movie where I'm like, I'm not sure how to feel right now. Like I definitely feel angry, like, you know, in some parts, but I'm also just like, it just, it, 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 it kind of, it leaves you unsettled. I think is what I was looking for. Like, it's very, it's very unsettling, um, but such a well-done movie. And yeah, if Carrie had better also get recognition and awards for this, because it's just, it's long overdue. She's a powerhouse. And, uh, and it gave us the Britney Spears uh, Toxic Remix. The, uh, oh, the so good. Which we spoke about on Twitter. And then you mentioned the pharmacy scene too, where they're singing the, the Paris Hilton song too. Yeah. Iconic. That's what that is. So funny. Yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, I feel like so much of that movie is designed to upend your expectations from, you know, the look of it and being so mm-hmm. dark. And to that, yeah, Scott was talking about the opening scene where you expect one thing and it's another. And I feel like that the ending, I feel like that's why some people reaction to it has been all over the place. And some people have reacted negatively to it because yeah, it's not the ending you expect or want. Right. And I feel like the intention is to, yeah, I, I felt the same way once it ended, I just kind of sat there and was like, I need to think about this. And I yes. was left unsettled. And I feel like that's <laughs> absolutely what uh, Emerald Fennel is, is after what she wants. She wants you to sit there and think about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't play out. Like it, it acts like it's going to play out. Like you think it is. And you're like, yeah, all right. And you're like, Oh, oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it gets it gets brutal and, and bleak, and then but then there is a little like a little the very ending is a little sign of hope, and then of course it just ends on that emoticon, the winky face on a phone, which I thought was a, a good like final yeah. final note of of the of the movie. Um, what one criticism I did see was um, saying basically if her character was doing what she was doing, um, pointing out the the dangers of that, that she would she be able to be able to get away from that from these these men who are clearly dangerous and don't have morals, um, which I read something with the director was interesting where they did have a scene like that, where um, Carrie Mulligan's character was all bruised and, and there were hints that maybe that obviously sometimes this would not go as she planned. Um, uh, but I, I think that was a criticism that I didn't mind. I just thought it was such a, uh, a unique movie and it really, the, the, I don't know, just the subject matter and it, it just, everything about it was so, smart and and it was good and, and like what you said adam where it just subverted what you think it would be which is it's hard to make a movie that's unpredictable now like where the audiences are so 
are, are so smart. They know they know story beats. They know what's going to happen. Um, and this just I just didn't <laughs> I didn't see what was going to you know what was happening at any point. And and part of that was those wild tones um, switches that you mentioned too. But um, that, that's why it was just a movie that really is one of my impactful 2021s. Although I did see it in 2021, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 2020 continues to be weird. It in a way it still hasn't ended in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to movies. We're gonna be in March again soon. Why? Uh, don't need that. I don't, I don't want to think about it. Are any other movies we're looking forward to? I just have a couple that I'll I'll just rattle off the names. Uh, actually, I think we mentioned them all except for the Green Knight. The Green Knight is one I, I'm yeah. really looking forward to. Um, which I'm not really sure when it's coming out, but I, th- I want to say they, I want to say July. I think they gave it a date. I could be wrong about that, but I, oh, I feel I like I saw July. But uh, we'll see. I mean, things are still kind of up in the air. We'll see if that ends up happening. And I'm looking for. They have a role playing game, which I believe you have, right, Adam? The, yes. The game. <laughs> I we haven't played it, but yeah, we are live podcast. We play it. <laughs> That's what Matt and I were saying that that needs to happen. Absolutely. Then, you, then everyone can see how angry I get when I lose any game. <laughs> Some people, yeah, I just, I try not to. I'm like, don't get mad, Scott, don't get mad. But I don't, I don't like losing. <laughs> That'll be good. We'll see, we'll see the, the dark side, Scott. <laughs> dark side. Um, uh, yeah. Any other movies, uh, any other thing we want to mention before we go here about our favorites of this past year, what we're looking forward to here? Um. I was going to toss out a couple uh, films I'm looking forward to. I feel like number one for me um, is Candyman. <gasps> oh, yeah. Nia DaCosta, right? Yes, Nia DaCosta. Um, remake, reboot, sequel. I feel like people aren't really sure. Maybe all of the above um, to the the 90s horror film that I, I'm so excited to see what she does with that. And uh, the trailer that they released um, that was just the Shadow Puppets um, I feel like was one of the best short films I saw last year in and of itself like that just the that trailer gave me chills and I can't wait to see the full film and it kills me that it has been delayed and pushed back and so I'm hoping we finally get to see it I think in end of August this year is where it's currently scheduled but I've got my fingers crossed that that will actually happen because I am dying to see it. Um, how's I, I'm also uh, Sundance just ended, and so now there's an entirely new list of films that I'm so excited to see. Um, I wrote down a, like a list of like 45 films that just played the fest, the virtual Sundance festival that just ended yesterday. Um, uh, one of the ones I'm most looking forward to that I hope gets a release because it just c- got picked up by Neon is a concert documentary called Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised uh, directed by Questlove hmm. um, about the um, Harlem Cultural Festival that happened the same summer as Woodstock um, and didn't get as much attention but it's all concert wow. footage of that event and people have just said it's incredible. And like I said, Neon, Neon picked it up. So it will get a release of some sort. So I'm hoping sometime in the next year we'll get to see that because I've heard it's fantastic. Oh. Um, and yeah, there's 
with like a dozen other movies. Um, Passing was also another one at Sundance, uh, directed by uh, Rebecca Hall, um, with um, oh my God, Tessa Thompson. And, okay. Uh, Ruth yes. Mega. I heard. I heard about that one. Yes. Yeah, and that I believe just got picked up by Netflix, um, and we'll hopefully they'll give it. Hopefully, if theaters open in the next few months, they'll give it a theatrical release. Because yeah, I'm excited to see these things on the big screen because I miss it. I want it back. I think when you were mentioning festival films, there was one other movie. Well, actually, I had it on my. Uh, well, there's two movies I had on my favorites of 2020 list, although I don't think they actually got releases. And one was Whirly Bird. Um, oh yeah. We were gonna, which was when we looked at for the one take um, film festival. Um, and it was, I should have looked it up before I started talking about it, but it, it basically details life in the, in the 90s of breaking news. So it deals a lot with our culture, news culture and the Whirly Bird is a helicopter as they had up a live helicopter. Um, and it tells the story of, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name. I'm gonna have to look this up real quickly. Um, but it, it was just, it was one of those documentaries that was um, thrilling. Um, it had a lot of stuff that I didn't really know about. Um, so yeah, so it was, uh, let's see. So the two reporters were Zoe Turr and Marika Garand. Um, and it was, it was them as a couple and they and they would do this breaking news and it was they were like pioneers of this like they didn't work for a station they worked on their own as, as freelance um and it was just really th thrilling and th um, their daughter katie Turr has actually worked for um i think msnbc now so she's in news as well so that was thrilling the other one um which i hope has a release in theaters i think i saw it in some like what to look for in 2021 it was a movie that i saw at, at anomaly uh, called I, I Blame Society, uh, which was a mockumentary about a, a filmmaker. So it was very mad. This person is so funny, like her little commentary and, and like her sneaking into our apartment as she does, as she starts, as it gets darker and darker, uh, was just so well done. I just really uh, enjoyed it. I thought it was such a clever take on stuff. We oh people doing bad things and the path it takes them. Um, did I lose the internet or I am I still it, here? You, you, you did cut out for a second, uh, but a little bit, but I think, I think we got most of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I blame society was, I, I love that. I mean, I programmed it for anomaly. So yes, I enjoyed that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. It did get, it did get a virtual release. I think a beginning or mid January. Um, so it is available now to, to watch on various digital platforms. But yeah, it is funny and super dark. And is, yeah, people should check that one out. Just the tone in it is so funny. And it is just, I, I don't know, the actress is just so good that she would just nonchalantly do this horrible stuff and, and like have a little side commentary that was funny. And also like, oh my God, it's dark. <laughs> Um, one I forgot about, and I can't believe I forgot about this because it's Denny Villeneuve. Um, oh. Dune. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like the, the other because I so Denny Villeneuve, who are for those who don't remember, so he did um, Sicario, he did Arrival, he did Prisoners, um, films that I absolutely loved. Um, there's one called Incendies, and the other one is um, Enemies. 
um, which is a really good one. I think it might still be on Netflix. It's featuring Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so, so good. So underrated. Um, and so he's been like a fast, that director has been a fast favorite of mine. Um, so I'm very interested to see what he does with this one. Um, and I actually never heard of Dune before this. Um, it was just- like, I haven't read Dune. Um, yeah. I just want to jump in quickly. I actually like Blade Runner 2049 more I was gonna than, say, yeah. than Blade Runner. Oh, okay. so, which is kind of the same concept of taking a very yeah. popular sci-fi right, right. Um, property and, and doing something new and modern with it. So I, I, I agree, Dune's a, Dune's a good pick. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one as well. And I don't really know the story of it either. As I no, I don't know, but it's it's Jenny, so I have to watch. <laughs> got a sandworm, and I don't. And Zendaya's in it, and Timothy Chalamet's in it, and I don't know. I'm so. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like everyone is. I I I don't have a negative opinion towards Timothy Chalamet. I really don't. I just I don't know. It's, I feel like everyone's obsessed with him, and I'm like. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't have strong feelings about. Like, I like him as an actor. Like, he's been in a bunch of things I really like. like Call me by yeah. and Little Women, and uh, well, guess what? We have a surprise guest with us today. Is <laughs> 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 waiting. He does listen, to <laughs> and he he's gonna be not happy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to Dune. I I haven't read the book, but I saw uh, the David Lynch film, which I think it's a little actually. I maybe it was. I don't know if it was part of like the the Mondo series you did for a while or something. Regardless, I definitely saw it at the Little sometime in the past. We, we had a T-shirt. Uh, it was before I worked at the Little, but there was a T-shirt okay. contest too because I have a Dune T-shirt that I, it's a good T-shirt. I like to wear it. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the David Lynch one, but I think it, that's generally the opinion of that movie that it doesn't really work. But I'm, I'm definitely excited to see um, a new take on that story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm with Scott that I loved uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. So he's shown he can do that, you know, big canvas sci-fi really well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up. Then. I think it's lunchtime. But before we go, I do want to give you guys a little platform to talk about some of your projects. So, Adam, I'll start with you. Any anomaly news we can look forward to? I know there's some things you can't announce, but even if it's something of just staying tuned for, for dates and, and where we can look for festival information. Yes, uh, definitely. Anomaly will be back for 2021. We haven't officially announced dates, um, but we will be doing that sometime very soon. Um, and we will see what form we take this year, whether we will be virtual again like last year or we'll be able to do something in person. Time will tell. Um, we have ventured into the virtual cinema waters. Um, we've got uh, a film called Psycho Gorman right now that people can rent, um, which is a super fun fantasy, sci-fi, horror adventure film about uh, two kids who befriend a universe-destroying megalomaniacal villain um, and get control of him and hijinks ensue. And it's 
a ton of fun. It's got amazing creature, practical creature effects. Um, it's just a blast, and people can rent that. And when you do, um, a portion of the rental fee goes to Anomaly, so you help support a local festival. So please do that. Um, follow us on social, Anomaly Film Fest, everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and look for dates coming very soon. Psycho Garment, I have not watched it yet, but it looks, the trailer cracked me up. It looks so good. And I, I think either you or Matt uh, compared it to like a Power Rangers mixed with a, a bunch of other like things. I'm like, all those sound interesting. Yes. Me. Yeah, it's definitely got a Power Rangers vibe, um, but not for kids. I should specify <laughs> it is very bloody. Um, <laughs> don't let your children see Psycho Gorman, but if the you kids- are a fan of those, you will, you will get something to enjoy out of it. Sorry, what, Scott? Oh, I said, now the kids want to see it if you tell That's them true. not to watch it. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, so please follow Anomaly. They're do- you guys are doing great stuff, even leading up to the festival, I think, which is kind of something you have to do for festivals. Do the podcast, keep people engaged, uh, which you guys do an awesome job. Um, so Jackie, I'd mentioned in my introduction, but I didn't go into any detail that you, of course, mm-hmm. are the founder, director, producer of the Our Voices Project. Can you tell us a little bit about what this is, what you guys are doing? Yeah, so I started it um, back in September of 2020, August, September, around that time. Um, And I really wanted to create a safe space and a platform um, for Black people, Indigenous people, and people of color to share their stories. Um, And um, we have been, we've been really just like searching for people who want to tell their story. Um, But the most recent project we've actually kind of found ourselves in um, was really with collaborating with Arondequit High School um, and highlighting really lesser known black historical figures um, for Black History Month. And, um, And that idea came to me like several years ago and it just so happened that this year actually happened to be perfect. Everything kind of fell in line for this. Um, and so we just released our first short film um, highlighting Maria Stewart, who was a, a teacher, she's a lecturer, she was a journalist, um, you know, she uh, was, a, I think, either one of the first or the first Black feminist. Um, and uh, so we got students together, um, they, they came up with the costumes and they came up with the dialogue and everything like that. Um, and what they would say, but basically, essentially, they're telling their stories as if they're that person. But that would be more impactful if they did it that way, rather than just talking about um, the person. Um, and so these kids, they did an incredible job um, with that. And so each Monday, we'll be doing that, highlighting um, in an unknown um, or lesser known uh, Black historical figure each Monday. And then that same week, we'll also be um, premiering like behind the scenes um, kind of like featurettes with that and interviewing the kids and finding out the impact that it's had on them. And so if more schools actually want to do that, we are totally open to do that, especially given um, how much we don't really know about our history um, and really just like with schools being more, as, as far as their social studies curriculums, like just being more Eurocentric um, and then, stu- then schools looking to be more inclusive. Um, 
especially in their lessons and everything, this is a great opportunity to do that. Um, and actually um, the news that we got, I think, well, earlier this week um, was that their, the, their Rondequoit, their West Rondequoit Central School um, Social Studies curriculum supervisor, that's a mouthful, um, she um, is actually working on getting it, getting those videos into their K through 12 curriculum. So, which was awesome. a long, yeah, which was more like a long-term goal for me, but it ended up being like immediate. And I was like, oh my God. So like, <laughs> so I'm freaking out about it. So yeah, there's definitely opportunity, uh, more opportunity there. Um, I definitely want to expand into other heritage months. So Native American Heritage Month, which is in November, um, Asian American Heritage Month, which is May, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, which is September 15th through to October 15th. Um, and, and then also just like highlighting more historical figures. So, so yeah, so that's been the current direction that we're in. I'm so excited about it. The students did so well. Um, and I'm just really happy um, that I got to do that and I get to do that. So, so that's what we've been up to. You're an inspiration, like doing these projects. I, I love, oh, and if anyone's listened to this and they made it to this point, they love storytelling, they love documentaries, <laughs> they love film. So follow our projects. I just, I, I'm very, I'm very happy to see my friends doing cool stuff like Anomaly, like our voices. It's just, as, yes. it's really cool. It's, I'm like, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's our that's our podcast. Thank you. Thank you for talking. Thank you to our guests, Adam Lubito, Jackie McGriff, Movies in a Microphone favorites. We we thank you for joining us and and thank you to anyone who listened and stuck with us. We know we got tangents, but that's that's our brand. That's what that's what we embrace it at this point. Uh, Movies in a microphone brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break. <laughs>